Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Starting, and open our Bibles. If you have your phones, you can look it up or you can look on the screen. You can go ahead and next, go to the next slide. The message I'm going to talk to you about is to get over it. All right. Matthew chapter 15, starting in verse 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman for that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My, da- my daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to, make the ch- to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Verse 28, then Jesus said to her, woman, only Jesus can get away with saying that, right? (laughs) You have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed three months later. Wait, did I get that right? Three days later, that very, at that moment, we got it right. Hallelujah. And it's as if that what she said in verse 27 activated the miracle in verse 28. And her daughter was healed at that moment. So the title of my message, like I said, get over it. All right, let's have a prayer. Father God, we thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is alive. It always speaks to us. Hallelujah. Father, we lift up your holy name. We ask you to continue to speak to us. And so that we would leave differently than we came in, Father God. Let that word transform us. Let that word become flesh and part of us, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Get over it. How many people heard that phrase before, huh? Yeah, just get over it. We're now living in the era or an age of an offense. We're praying just all the things that are happening around us, right? And have you noticed, it seems like everyone is perpetually offended about everything all the time. And it's like as if victimhood has gone viral. Like... <laughs> And being easily offended is no longer seen as a weakness in your character. It's actually seen as your constitutional right. Oh, you're not offended? Oh, well, then I'm offended for you. The more we look at it and the more it's getting outrageous. So everybody's offended. It's as if no longer we don't live in the USA, but USO, United State of Offense. All right? So you may get away with that one today. But everybody's offended. Women are offended. Men are offended. Millennials are offended. Baby boomers are offended. You know, Democrats are offended. Republicans are offended. 
The Seahawks fans are still offended when they lost to Patriots. I seriously, I still hear about it. They were winning, and they just needed to do a drive, but then they decided to throw, and Russell threw an interception. So, yeah, they're still offended, but there's a lot of Seahawks fans in Alaska, so you'll run across them if you're new to Alaska. But anyways, but even vegans, <laughs> even vegans and vegetarians are offended and are now calling, this is legit, uh, a removal of meat-based metaphors. I'm serious. So they want to ban phrases like, bring home the bacon, you know, and they're, they want to do for something more less offensive, like bring home the broccoli. I, I, you can look up that article, I promise you it's there. And animal rights activists jumped on that bandwagon as well, backed by PETA, for those that know, it's you know, PETA that's behind the animals. Uh, and they feel like some of our commonly uh, used phrases like, that we use are encouraging animal cruelty. So phrases like, you're beating a dead horse, right? Yeah. We've heard that. Or you can kill two birds with one stone. And they believe that it should be removed and instead have it be, you're feeding a fed horse. <laughs> you can feed two birds with one scone. <laughs> I'm serious. That's real. And uh, that might be funny to a lot of us, right? But, and you'll say, hey, vegans, vegetarians, come on, guys, get over it. It's silly to you, but it's serious to them. And so, serious enough that actually some of these folks went and uh, some of them got arrested, but they would go to steakhouses and through loudspeakers, they would play sounds of slaughtered cows. Seriously. And uh, managers would come out and say, hey, guys, you can't do this. You got to move. <laughs> I was setting it up for my dad joke today, you know. <laughs> but those that refused to move uh, got arrested. And so here's the thing about offense. Uh, an offense that may be silly to me might be serious to you and vice versa. And everybody, you know, has a sensitive nerd, or people talk about, like, buttons, right? You push the wrong button, a touchy subject or so. That if somebody pushes it at the wrong time, on the wrong day, and you forgot to pray that day, <laughs> oh, you might just find, out, find yourself sitting next to that animal activist in the cell. It really is. Certain things just come out, out of us, you know, if somebody just hits that nerve. So what do we do about offenses? And today, I really, I believe the Lord really spoke I was literally prepared with one sermon, and in the middle of the week, God just spoke to me and just started giving me scriptures, and I believe God is going to set some people free. God is going to heal some hearts today. God is good, amen? Hallelujah. So, what do we do with our offenses? And and you remember, remember that game, um, Operation? It's a board game. Yeah, and you take these tweezers. So if you by any chance hit a wrong spot, like the nose lights up red of the human body and it buzzes, like bzzz. So God gave me that image. That's us right there. Somebody hits the wrong nerve, pushes the wrong button, bam, and we're off. And so, but what do we do, you know, if, what do we do in the culture of offense? So Matthew chapter 24, I'm going to go there. Disciples pretty much ask Jesus, how do we know when it's, you know, the end of the age, and when are you coming back? 
And Jesus gives this last um, list of many things, a prayerful, just a list of things of just what is yet to come. So let's pick it up with verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And they will deliver, and they will deliver you up to tri uh, tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for, many, for my name's sake. Verse 10. And then many will be offended. We'll betray one another and we'll hate one another. And then in verse 13 it says, but he who endures uh, to the end shall be saved. We are pretty much, when reading that passage, and honestly myself, when I was reading this passage a lot of times, um, we get bombarded with lists of things that are yet to come, right? But we often of just like earthquakes and this and that and pestilences and diseases. And then next thing you know, and we skip over that verse 10. And it says, and then many will be offended and that really spoke to me and I think Jesus leaves these blues clues if I want to explain it, about when he's going to come like there's certain things that he just put in the scripture and Luke 17 says Jesus um, Luke 17 Jesus brings up the issue of offense so he uh, then he said to his disciples so we're verse 1 Luke 17 it's impossible that got my attention who's saying that he said to his disciples, that's Jesus, son of God, it is impossible. Because if the God is saying something is impossible, you know, we better pay attention. I mean, God of the universe, right? What is impossible to Jesus? Hmm. To, sick, to heal the sick, raise the dead. Jesus like, no, that's easy. It's impossible that no offenses should come. In other words, Jesus is guaranteeing us that offenses will come in our life. And so, so he promises you that your spouse will get on your last nerve. He promises you that someone is going to, you know, give you that dirty look for not wearing a mask. I, I got a couple of those. <laughs> it, he promises that someone's going to just steal that parking space, you know, when you're pulling up to Walmart or Freddy's. And you got your blinker on. And, you know, and here it is. Car is out. Your blinker's on. The car just, whoop, comes in and just steals your parking spot. He's promising us that pretty much that offenses are going to come. He said it is impossible that no offenses should come. He later says, now don't, let be, don't be the one that's causing the offenses. Because if you do, you look further on, it says, it would be better if a millstone was tied around your neck and you were thrown in the sea. Millstone, for, for those that are wondering, is a, a reference. It's like a rock that is the size of a dishwashing machine. So Jesus is not playing. He's like, hey, you, you shouldn't be causing any offenses. Don't, don't be temptation to other folks, right? We're believers. So notice, though, he did not say it is impossible for you to not get offended, okay? We're a human being. Because offenses and offended are two separate things. And I want to teach you a little bit about this point right here. So offenses is what happened. Offended is a reaction, all right? So offense says you did it. 
and offended says, I'm never forgiven. Offense is an event. This is the probably the most clear one. So remember this. Offense is an event, and offended is a decision. So offenses are inevitable, but offended, to stay offended, that's optional. Okay, that's for us to decide. So that means it is possible, and it is possible for us to live life unoffended. It is. Amen. So in the whole week, I've been wondering, oh, wanting to ask you this question, and to all of us, and I, because I've asked, I would say, the Lord asked this question to me, and um, what is your current level of offendability? I know it's, I know it's not in the dictionary, but uh, God speaks to me in my Russian sometimes thoughts, so I create words. Offendability, but you get my point, right? What is your level of offendability? How much does it take for you to get offended? And so I asked that because, like I said, God spoke to me and asked me that question. I felt that strongly in my spirit. And God said, you think you're too easily offended. You, you, you snap at things, you know, and those people that know me, like close people, that my brother Alex right there, right? My wife knows that. It, it, it was the case for me. And so this is coming from my heart, okay? Everything that I've experienced. And God is saying, Vic, I got big things for you. I got great things for you in store. Things that you're, you haven't even heard of. Things that you haven't, you know, seen. And, but you'll never be able to, and I really hear that, heard that voice of God says, but you'll never be able to handle a big thing while the smallest, smallest little thing gets to you and you get offended. And that really just really, when that, you know, the Lord spoke to me in my spirit, and sometimes God confirms it through the voices of people that are around you. It's not necessarily always audible voice, right? God uses our mind to speak to us. And so when God said that to me, it's like, Lord, what, what, you, you're easily offended. I didn't shout, you know, I didn't clap. <laughs> I got offended. I literally did. What do you mean, God, my current level of offendability is too high? And so I started just thinking in my head. I was like, okay, where is it coming from and things like that. So... So I didn't talk to Jesus for a week, probably, it just literally, because it, it's like, when, you know, when God speaks to you, it's a confirmation after confirmation, you know, through your brother, through your wife, it, you know, and um, how many believe that Jesus can offend you, huh? All right. It's who he is, right? Look, uh, John 14, 6, go to the next slide, right? It says, I am the way, the truth, whoop, there it is, truth. And the life. And truth by nature, it offends. I said that in the beginning, right? So sometimes when somebody tells us the truth, it hurts. It doesn't feel right. It's like, you know, if the doctor tells you, like, hey, Vic, you should probably stop eating a bag of Oreos before you go to bed every night. You know, it's good for, it's for your own good. But it hurts. Truth hurts. Sometimes Jesus, you know, will upset us with the truth before, before that truth will transform us. And so Jesus is like, I heard this somewhere before. I don't know where, but it's like Jesus is like spandex, toddlers, and drunk people. They'll give you the truth regardless, <laughs> whether you like it or not. I know somebody might get it tomorrow, but <laughs> my little nephew, uh, was it last week or the week before that, he's like three years old or something, he goes to Sunday school teacher and asks his Sunday school teacher, why are you fat? Like, can you believe that's, that's toddlers right there for you, okay? Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be a parent at that moment. 
Yeah, kids will give you the truth. Jesus gives you the truth, all right? So every, every relationship, in fact, you know, has the risk of receiving an offense. I should say every relationship you have runs the risk of an offense, right? You don't get offended in isolation. Like, you don't look up, you don't go up to the mirror and say, like, I can't believe what you did to me. Like, maybe not, not all, but... <laughs> So you don't get offended, you know, in isolation. You get offended in relationships usually, right? So sometimes people are offending us. Sometimes Jesus is offending us. And sometimes it's both at the exact same time. And so and that's, what happening, that's what's happening in Matthew 15. A Canaanite woman walks up to Jesus. So she's a pagan, you know, to the Israelites. And for those that don't know, like, there's years of strife between these two regions. Um, but I was just thinking, how much courage it took for this woman to roll up on Jesus, you know, in his voice and be like, hey, Jesus, I need some healing. Yeah. Ever had to walk into a room where you knew people that don't like you? Maybe just me, but, but you still had to walk into that room, right, because that's where your paycheck is at? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, a, it's not an easy thing, but, you know, this woman went in there. And what would make, I was thinking, what would make a Canaanite woman walk into a room in the atmosphere, you know, of Messiah and his disciples? And I tell you what, the devil was messing with her daughter. How many parents can relate that? When, when the devil is messing with your daughter, that is, or with your children, that's a whole next level. You know, you will turn your living room into a sanctuary. You just will turn on the worship music. And, I mean, I didn't know a lot of these things, you know, until I became a parent. And you'll get Costco oil, whatever you got oil, and you'll be, like, putting it on your children. Lord, casting all the sicknesses out there. I mean, it's true. It, it, you just will do everything for your children, you know. So desperation. And so here, this, here we have this woman. She's desperate. Her daughter is demon-possessed. And she's like... And she could care less what Peter is looking, how Peter's looking at her, or somebody else, any disciples. She doesn't, she's like, it doesn't matter. She's like, I'm tired of being up all night. So just put her, yourself in that situation, right? It must be difficult. But she heard about Jesus. So that, you know, who raises people from the dead, who sets the captives free, and... Lord, she comes up, so you look, the scripture says, Lord, son of David, have mercy. And Jesus hears it loud and clear, and Jesus pulls out his phone. Like, just imagine during that time. You, just, you don't believe me, right? Okay, verse 23, right? Look at it. <laughs> Jesus did not answer a word. And she's like, Lord, son of David. And Jesus like, hmm. I can just imagine, I mean, because if Jesus was in our time, probably... Scrolling through. Lord, son of David, help me. And so this brings me to my first point, right? These are, there's a reason for these things to be here. Oh, an offense of being ignored. Talking about our first offense. Ever had to deal with offense of being ignored? Yeah? <laughs> Ever had a spouse give you a silent treatment? That's a good explanation. That's the worst, you know. But you ever cried out to Jesus or to God and God didn't say yes or no or maybe? You know, 
it's difficult. It's such a difficult position. I remember asking my dad when I was younger. We're already here in the U.S. And I was like, Dad, you know, I, I'm already old enough. I'm 14. <laughs> I'm a big boy. There's this party going on. I would like to go there by people you don't know. And I'll be back at 2 a.m. And so he's a cool dad if I go. And dad, you know, a Russian dad, you know, he just put down his paper. I think he was reading a paper or a magazine or something. And with his Russian, he's like, well, I mean, he said it in Russian, but the best way I can give it to you is, it's like, son, you have lost your mind. <laughs> continues reading it. <laughs> Didn't say yes or no. Uh, son, you have lost your mind. And that is... That's difficult. There's no answer, you know. Being ignored, I think, is worse than being rejected. Because at least when you're rejected, you know. You're like, yeah, well, I know where we stand. You don't like me. That's cool. Next. You know, like, you, you just you go on. But it's like another bit, a good explanation, sending a text, right? Uh, iPhone messages. Somebody know that. Some of you have that feature where you're crazy enough to turn it on. It says red. <laughs> so imagine sending a text to somebody and it says you read the message and you did not respond. You, let, you didn't say anything. So offense of being ignored, all right? And, um, but I don't, I don't know who this is for, but, you know, just, she did not stop there. She just kept going, yeah. kept pressing, kept pushing. And maybe the, God is speaking to you right now. Don't give up too quick, all right? So she doesn't get a response out of Jesus, but she gets a response out of uh, disciples. And they're like, this girl Felicia is just not leaving. You know, what do we do? And Jesus knew something about it. And, but did you catch that? It says, so the disciples came to him and urged him and said, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. <laughs> did you catch that? Us. <laughs> See how quickly people can change things on us, right? Uh, she's like, I'm not after you guys. I'm after Jesus. And so disciples represent the offense of the institution, okay? The church. So here's the next one. Fancy words. All right, that's. And disciples demonstrate that sometimes the greatest offenses don't come from Jesus or from God. They come from people who bear his name. And I believe God wants to heal some people here today. Hallelujah. So these disciples, right, the very rejects, the very folks, the outcasts, who Jesus pulled out out of their difficult situation, and they're now rejecting people. They're like, yeah, we're Jesus. We got a lot of Instagram followers. Yeah, we can, we can tell her to go away. So, and here they are. They're rejecting. Well, this is a perfect example of how somebody from church possibly, have caused pain. And maybe you know somebody that's not going to church because of that specific thing. So just keep that in mind. And, but never, this is, I really wanna, want you to walk out with this line, but never project a nature of a man onto a nature or a character of God. Just because they abandoned you doesn't mean that God abandoned you. Just because they were wrong doesn't mean God is wrong. And, let me just say this. God has his name, has, has this uncanny way, I heard that word before, unusual way to use church to heal your church hurt, 
Okay? I really want to bring that up. Make sure you guys get that. So don't just, don't just leave. Stay planted. This, one, this woman didn't leave. And because she stayed, God spoke. Did you catch that? So if you stay, God will speak. It doesn't necessarily mean that what he will speak you will like, right? But in verse 24, he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. In other words, another translation, girl, I ain't here for you, okay? I got stuff to do. I'm on a mission. You're not my focus right now. My focus is on the lost sheep of Israel. He made it pretty clear, and that's where she may have felt insignificant. So let me bring up my next. All right. The offense of insignificance or feeling insignificant. I want to make sure everybody can see that, all right? I'll move this out later. So that, you know, a feeling of insignificance is just, it's difficult. And one thing about offenses, and we're talking about offenses. I want to bring a little bit more description about offenses are like lenses, okay? Offenses are lenses. You guys can remember that. Anytime you have an offense with someone, it's like a lens. And Michael, can you come up here for a second? Everybody still awake? Hang with me. I think God is speaking to us, like I said. All right, so. Put them on. So let's say me and Michael have a falling out, right? Yeah. <laughs> we get in the argument. And so he sees it from his vantage point. He probably sees me more orange, and I see him blue. I'm like, no, this is ridiculous, you know? Offenses are like lenses. So what happens, the moment we get offended, the lenses go up. Like, I see it from a certain way, right? And now I'm trying to see if I can see this. <laughs> um, you remember this dress? Go to the next slide. You guys remember, you remember this thing? Oh, you just you hit. You guys remember this? It was like went viral. Hold on for a second. Stay here with me. Yeah, and people like, some people see black and blue. Other people see gold and white for some reason. I mean, I think people that see gold and white are crazy. But apparently some do. Like me and my wife completely see something completely different. I don't want to keep this image too long, so we'll just go to the next slide. All right, so I just want to make sure we don't get distracted looking at it. You, I'm, we're going to pull it up on the end of the service. You guys can look and figure it out. <laughs> this thing went viral. But it's all about perception, right? You always see um, an offense from your vantage point, right? When you are telling the story, you're always the villain, and they're the victim. Yeah, I, I mean, you're, they're the villains, and you're the victim, right? Nobody says, I'm, I'm the villain, and he's the victim. I feel bad. Rarely, but it happens. Um, can you believe what he said? Can you believe Michael? He did not pass me the ball, and he, he gave me that look on the soccer field. We kind of got into it one time. It actually happened. <laughs> Michael, pass the ball. <laughs> I'm trying. That's the only argument me and Michael had. We made it up right at the end of the game. <laughs> but if you were to trade glasses, and you're like, oh. And Michael will say, like, well, no wonder Vic is blue, you know. I, I never bothered to look at it from his perspective. So devil's pretty clever. He tries to catch us with different lenses. Give it up for Michael. Thank you, brother. All right. 
Offenses are lenses. Hang with me. Stay focused because I know that God is bringing the word. Ah, hallelujah. So, <laughs> you know what's so interesting? Yesterday, I promise you, I did not finish my sermon and just a hectic week. And when God wants to say something, the uh, devil will throw every arrow at you. And uh, <laughs> I spoke too soon. <laughs> On Saturday, uh, we went to Wings Over Wasilla thing with my wife. And then I promise you, <laughs> what are the odds? The argument is over lenses. I think the Lord allowed that to happen so he can make a better word of God, you know, so it will be more clear today. I seriously, I, I, we got out of the truck with my wife, and uh, she didn't have her fancy glasses. She got me these really nice ones, and I have these cheap ones that are old school. A lot of people don't wear them now. Maybe they'll come back again, but, and so <laughs> I went and I, um, here, I gave her this, and I put these on. Maybe you guys will see why. And the moment she turned around, it looked like she was like, oh, you, you take these. I'm, I don't need them. Because this, and she was trying to say something at the end, but I cut her off. I was like, what? Are you embarrassed by me? Are you kidding me? The moment, because I put these on? I'm like, girl, you need to be proud. Look at the truck that I got. I mean, look at the, look at the shades. I mean, like, this is nothing. That's what I took, right? And I got offended. <laughs> I just started, I didn't even hear her out. But apparently later on, it turns out that she was talking about the sun was directly over her eyes. And later that day, she explained, she's like, I tried to explain to you. The sun was hitting from the top, so it was, there was no point for me to wear shades. And the sun was hitting from the top, and there was no point for me wearing them, so I just gave them to you. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Don't you just love that feeling when you're like, oh. <laughs> I guess that was my bad. <laughs> Oh, man, offenses. No wonder I couldn't, you know, finish my sermon until that event happened. All right, so offenses are lenses. That's why when offenses come, you need, to, you need to turn to God and say, Lord, you know, help me through this, see the right way. Because from her perspective, right, we're looking at the scripture, back to the scripture. Um, I'm only here for the lost sheep of Israel, so I must feel insignificant. And then from his vantage point, it's not insignificance. It's precedence. I actually had to look up the word because I tried to find the right word and thank God for Google. Precedence. You may, you may have heard that. Okay, it may have lost you there, but check this out. Secure your own mask before assisting others. Right? You guys heard that? So it's equivalent to like, let's say you go to the hospital with sprained ankle and right when they're about to roll you in and you take a look at your ankle, they rush in a, a, a fella with a you know, gunshot wound. And they move you to the side and throw you a bag of ice. And you're like, oh, really? Oh, I see this hospital is caring for people. And I mean, and you're just like, you know what? I'm going to go somewhere else. You know what? You guys don't care. It don't matter. Precedence, okay? So it's not because, you know, you're insignificant. It's just that a gunshot wound takes precedence over that. So I want us to understand that. So <laughs> at this point, many of us, you know, would have already given up. You're looking at this uh, woman's position, right? Because she had been felt ignored, you know. Uh, she'd been rejected by the, the disciples, and now she's feeling insignificant because Jesus all of a sudden just said, hey, you know, I'm not here for you. So, and I love what she does. So she continues. She just keeps pressing on. She, she changes her posture. And you know that you're on the edge of your breakthrough when all things are falling down. I mean, how many people have been there, Right? And you have every reason to throw in the towel and say, you know what, I quit. I'm done with this. 
or like with a job or whatever the situation may be on your relationship or something like that. And, but you still say, Lord, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to give you all the praise and glory despite uh, how I'm feeling right now. I understand why this is happening. I don't understand why this person said that to me. But, Lord, I'm going to give you praise. And so she worshiped him pretty much. Surely at this point, you know, you would think, you know, because she got on her knees. She's like, Lord, son of David, help me. But Jesus turns up the heat even more. You would think, you know, she's on her knees already like Jesus, loving father, right? And now comes the most difficult one. All right. Sweet loving Jesus compares her to a dog. So, you know, in Jewish culture, all Gentiles um, were considered a wild dogs, actually, you know. And so, a historical fact, when I looked into it and I tried to look up, I'm like, why would Jesus do that? So, in the Greek original, Jesus calls her apparently a pet dog, not a wild dog. And either way you look at it, right, because <laughs> there's some scholars that are trying to defend Jesus and like, oh, Jesus probably didn't mean that. And, you know, either way you look at it, he still called her a dog, right? So I'm sure at this point, you know, I mean, she felt insulted. And how many of us have been in a situation in our life where we felt insulted by certain things or by somebody that said something to us? I mean, if that was me, you know, I was like, all right, I've tried everything I could. I felt ignored, rejected probably would have walked away. Lonnie, if you want to come up again, we'll be wrapping up here. I just want to say God's presence is in this place, all right? God wants to heal some hearts. He wants to set you free. And perhaps as she's walking away, right? And you know, it talks about faith that small as a uh, mustard seed. Mustard seed is a tiny thing. And, um, and she grabs to that word. She's like, wait a minute. Huh. Right when she's about to walk away, probably. She's like, wait a minute. You called me a dog. You didn't call me a wild dog. You called me a pet dog. Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, this is, this is talking about, Jesus only mentioned two people in the New Testament about their faith. He acknowledged their faith. Okay? And this is, this is one of the women, one, one of the people. So Jewish people, she's like, I'm just imagining, she's thinking, Jewish people call anybody that's not Jewish wild dogs. Different difference between a wild dog and a pet dog, right? A wild dog, a wild dog doesn't have a home. A pet dog has a home. A pet dog always has food. A wild dog has to look for the food. A pet dog eats what her master eats. If master is eating a steak, guess what? The dog's having a steak. I mean, and I'm just thinking at this point, right? What probably hit her mind, a pet dog has a master that will always take care of it. <laughs> I'm talking about her faith, right, Where she, she, why she did not give up after all this that came at her, right? But Jesus allowed it to happen for purpose. For, that's why we're reading how many thousands of years later about this. Maybe it has nothing to do with the dog at all. Maybe life is predicated on who your master is. Oh. So she's like, I'm not walking away, Jesus. I'm not, I'm over these offenses. These are not even offenses. These are not even stumbling blocks. These are stepping stones. 
Let me try to do this carefully. <laughs> you know, I'm over being ignored. I'm over feeling insignificant. I'm over church hurt. And I'm over feeling insulted. Wasn't Jesus insulted when he was on the cross? He was naked. He was beaten. But what did he say? He said, Father, forgive him. For they know not what they do. Oh. And after that, uh, she has received her miracle. The miracle was here all the time. So it says, at that moment, go ahead and go to the next slide. What moment? Oh. The moment you get over the offenses, the moment God gives you the courage, any of these things. And I understand that some of the most difficult ones are being insulted regardless. Everybody's got different levels of offenses that came across in their life. Some of you need to forgive some people from the past. Maybe it's somebody from past relationships. God wants to deliver you. His presence is in this place. I don't want you to miss out on this moment. Sometimes God calls. And if you're listening online, if God is speaking to you, please respond. It's amazing what God can do. Amen? Hallelujah. And then at that moment, the moment, which moment, Lord? At that moment, the moment she got over it. When the moment she got over it, even that last one when he said, called her a dog. He's like, I don't care if you call me a dog, cat. I don't care. I'm over it. She received her healing. That is faith. Okay, so that means if she can overcome any kind of offense, she's showing that woman coming from a difficult position. You, can, you have that power to overcome any, anything difficult in your life, any offenses. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's stand up and just worship him. Take that moment right now. Examine yourself. And if you need help, you know, with prayer, please feel free to come up and ask. We're going to pray with you because God is in this place. Okay? Take that moment and just say, Lord, help me realize it, pinpoint it, and Lord, and help me get over it. You need help? Come forward. Let's pray together. Let's worship him. Amen? Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.